guess who? I'm your worst freaking nightmare, Tom Brady for Radio Zuck Guys at Radio underscore Tom on Twitter. The Radio Zuck Guys on Facebook. Again, as Bruce Lee advised, be like water, floor around obstacles. And my obstacles, success with this stuff, <laughs> are legion. All right. Burning this at 3.08 p.m. Saturday, August 7, 2021. Just did some laundry, good to go. Just thinking extemporaneously. Let's hit, let's hit American conservative today. Again, if you're smart, you'll go to real clear politics normally. There's a reason you're national media, even the fake stuff, which is most of it, at least during election season, uh, goes through the motions at least of trying to bring you some sort of parity when it comes to polling. Uh, useless Democrat versus useless Republican. Very often, sadly enough, in these 50 states. All right, so today what I did, J.D. Vance, I want to feature on a future episode. Ever, episode? J.D. Vance, I found uh, after the last election, he was doing Tucker Carlson a lot. Evidently, he's running for the Ohio Senate. All right, this piece I plucked off of Real Clear Politics. It's from the American Conservative, Culture, Politics, Why J.D. Vance Will Not Back Down in the Culture War. And again, I want to make this a regular sort of thing, a regular feature on Sprout Dynamics as I adjust your map of left to right that we've used since the uh, the French parliaments of yore for the last couple of centuries to Sprout Dynamics Integral. Left and right, I'm going to teach you as developmentally uh, the human mind brain mastering complexity since the last ice age. Again, between 20, two, was it 40,000 and 200,000 years ago, depending on the peer-reviewed cited anthropologist in question, right? Developmental. So what you call right or conservative has to happen first over the eons before a more complex conceptual space humans can live in. Neurological activation, Claire W. Graves called it, can sort of flower out of that. Uh, often in thought of as a complex set of adaptive human intelligences that respond to life conditions. Claire Graves wrote in his biopsychosocial systems theory he begat in 1951. All right. So right now, in conservative, this would be like, I uh, need to keep including the graphics. This is like a, uh, a blue-orange or DQ to ER for Claire Graves where uh, one letter represents the life conditions and the other the congruent neurological activation trying to master the complexity. Again, each V-meme unfolds developmentally, solves problems of, uh, that exist for humans at the time, Homo sapiens, but also creates another set of problems yet to be addressed in a process Dr. Gray has called a never-ending quest. So today, back to the here and now, J.D. Vance's Senatorial Ohio campaign covered today in the American Conservative, a fan of real clear politics. Byline, why J.D. Vance will not back down in the culture war, the Ohio Senate candidate has seized no tension between pressing cultural and economic issues. Tom would add, nothing happens outside of mind. That's why. August 4th, 1201, published by Jonathan Van Buren. It begins, it's been barely a month since J.D. Vance's senatorial campaign launched. And he is already pretty sick of being accused of using culture war issues to distract from economics. From the Washington Post to Vanity Fair, the consensus is that the author of Hillbilly Elegy, I'll put a link to that, has turned from an, an explainer of Trump to an imitator. 
So I ask him, how does he respond to those who say he's simply trying to gin up low-information voters with red meat irrelevant to their daily lives? I just find this argument so preposterous, Vance replied. Everyday people are not just mindless drones who go to work, earn a wage, and feed their kids and go to sleep. They're actually people with values and morals in a sense of what's right and wrong. To engage in the culture wars is really just to respond to the fact that the left has attacked the core values of a lot of normal Americans. Somebody has to stand up to them, and it might as well be us. The author continues, which is not to say that he hasn't gotten this criticism directly. Again, a quote, this frustrates me a fair amount because I hear this a lot from my friends on the left who say, J.D., we appreciate your focus on trade and manufacturing. That stuff is really important, he told me, the author. However, middle-class Americans don't just care about their jobs. They also care about what their kids are taught. They care about religious values. The idea that engaging in the culture war is a distraction from the concerns of normal Americans is preposterous if you talk to normal Americans. The writer continues, It is Vance's approach to cultural issues that makes his candidacy so interesting. Back in 2019, he was one of the speakers at the National Conservatism's Conference in Washington, D.C., in a speech titled Beyond Libertarianism. I may try to find that for us here at Radio Zeitgeist and post it in the cloud here in the podcast. How about that? Anyway, uh, Beyond Libertarianism. He called J.D. Vance did for conservatives to move away from libertarianism and utilize political power to accomplish good ends. He specifically cited the poisonous pandemic of digital porn that has infected an entire generation in our duty to protect children from being exposed to the toxic material. Yeah, and save more for Tom till he gets a girlfriend. Just saying. Am I kidding? I don't know. You decide. It was a deliberate shift away from the hands-off approach taken by those who shy from using government power. To put it simply, Vance rejects the idea that we are helpless in the face of these cultural ills. And good for him, Tom adds. There have been lots of examples throughout history where we've recognized that a given product or service is harmful and made a decision to protect those kids through legislation or regulation, he told me. You could do a straightforward ban on pornography for kids under the age of 18. You could give parents more active control over the devices in their kids' hands so that parents could do it more actively. We know that some of the biggest tech companies actively fight back when parents try to exercise more control over their children's phones because the companies make more money when children spend more time on their phones. Some of these fixes aren't going to be easy, but it requires the political willpower for us to say enough is enough. This is not magic. The idea that you can't regulate the internet in a way that protects children is just absurd. The writer continues, the way Vance describes it, this seems obvious. In the scope of American history, the internet is very new, and the idea that a nine-year-old can watch a gangbang on the internet is very, very new. We have to make the argument that it is objectively bad for kids, bad for parents, and bad for society to have an entire population that grows up being exposed to something no generation in American history has been exposed to. This is strong language in a culture where something becomes a right almost immediately after it becomes available. Part of conservative reticence on issues like digital pornography is due to the generation gap. Those who did not grow up with the highly addictive sexual toxicity available from smartphone screens 24-7 through puberty still frequently conceive of porn as playboy centerfolds and so fail to realize the extent to which screens are shaping 
American lives and consequently culture, something described in chilling detail in Nancy Jo Sale's book, American Girls, Social Media, and the Secret Lives of Teenagers. In that context, it made sense to leave issues like this to parents. In an era where 17 states have declared porn a public health crisis, the calculus has changed. They grew up in an era when parents really could control what their kids were seeing or not seeing, Vance told me. I think that what we have to appreciate is that we're living in an era when the internet companies have very maliciously taken power away from parents and put it onto themselves. And in that era, parents need help. This is indisputably true. As Dawn Hawkins of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation says, frequently in this culture, she cannot prevent her children from seeing porn and thus she must instead prepare them for the first time they will see it despite her best efforts. In short, to differentiate cultural matters from matters of everyday life is to create a false dichotomy, especially when parents are swimming upstream and the left has long abandoned the live and let live. Uh, it's a mis- they put life, should have been live and let live lie they utilize to gain power. Issues such as Issues such as transgender, transgenderism, critical race theory, and a potpourri of boutique LGBT causes, all of it ending up in the curriculums, forming the next generation from kindergarten to grad school. These are shaping America and the way young people live. To ignore all this is to cede that to the left. There are so many fronts in the cultural war, in part because the left plays to win, Vance told the writer here. Let's take a moment to respect the evil genius of many on the left. They are constantly choosing new battles and always on the offensive. The reason the issues seem to change so much is because the left is constantly pushing this stuff. I tend to think that all culture war issues focus fundamentally around questions of race and gender. The left fights relentlessly for their worldview, while conservatives have a different view, and we should not be afraid to push that view. But as Dennis Prager likes to joke, have you ever met a Democratic activist with nine kids? In short, we can win a culture war with part-time warriors who have better things to do, like raising families, for instance. Vance admits that this worries him. It handicaps us because the left is naturally more radical than normal conservative Americans, he said. I think we're waking up to the fact that if we want to preserve a lifestyle worth living, then we have to get more active and engaged in politics. That's why you see a lot of stay-at-home moms getting involved in these local school board fights. Literally at every grassroots event I go to now, I meet at least one mom who is running for school board because she's terrified about what her kids are learning at school. What all this means, practically speaking, is that conservatives are going to have to fight with all of the tools at their disposal. That means using government power for good, and it means relitigating the terms of the right-wing coalition between social conservatives and libertarians. That would basically be DQ, blue meme, and orange rational achieve itself in Sprout Dynamics. More later on this. Continuing, I definitely think we're in the midst of a transition period, Vance told me. The libertarian impulse is very valid in one important respect, which is that there are unintended consequences to all of this stuff. We have to be mindful that social policy isn't as easy as pressing the button. You have to be mindful of the incentives and the unexpected consequences. The libertarians have an important voice in these conversations. At the same time, one of the things that made the libertarian argument harder within the conservative coalition is that many of the most powerful corporate interests in the country 
have gone from neutral or right wing to actively on the side of the left in the culture wars. <clears throat> and back a minute, Tom at uh, Radio Zeitgeist, the memes uh, are, we're, we live in a uh, Don Beck, since we, it's a moving picture, we're always moving. It's, it's developmental, so those that are what we call um, more conservative or libertarian in a sense, the next one up is F.S. Green egalitarianism. Again, it's uh, my way or the highway. Absolutistic, Claire Graves called it. He was a, he was a personality theorist like Maslow, the name you know. Uh, absolutistic, multiplistic, relativistic. So you move from one way of doing things to competing ways, meritocracy, to finally this nightmare we're living now uh, that Austin, my home, and Portland and Seattle are uh, FS egalitarian green where everybody's got to be right all the time. Right? It's uh, Ken Wilburn in Boulder calls it a perspectival. Yeah, my cohort calls it uh, a, a radical relativism. Um, Camille Paglia up at uh, School of the Arts in Philly. Right. Uh, let's see. The libertarians have an important voice in these conversations. At the same time, one of the things that made the libertarian argument harder with the conservative coalition is that many of the most powerful corporate interests in this country have gone from neutral or right wing to actively on the side of the left in the culture wars, developmentally moved up to FS Green. All right. Uh, social democracy, save the planet, LGBT, yada, yada. All right. Closing out here, um, a lot of social conservatives recognize social conservatives that would be DQ Blue. Absolutistic self and, and sprout dynamic centrical. A lot of social conservatives recognize that to the extent that we're giving our biggest companies more and more power in our society, we're actually giving them the power to silence traditionalists and social conservatives in the process. There needs to be a rethinking of the bargain, and that's happening right now. The underlying coalition politics and the conservative movement are changing, and I think they're changing in a positive way. I agree. All right. Summing up from a cultural perspective, Jonathan writes, things look pretty grim at the moment, and the right is clearly losing the culture wars. He asks, he says, I asked Vance if his optimism was misplaced. Uh, JD answered, we're in a civilization level crisis in, the, in this country right now. He's right. He replied, but I tend to think in part because I'm a person of faith that these crises are not hopeless. I agree with him. I think the lesson of history is that sometimes, very unexpectedly, things go in the right direction. Yes, Claire Graves called it emergence. Finishing our role as people who care about these issues is to fight where we can, win where we can, and prepare ourselves for a moment when we can move things in our direction. Perhaps this is why so many are eager to call Vance a sellout or a culture war grifter, because he appears determined to fight. Again, written by Jonathan Van Maren. Who's written it appears for National Review, uh, European Conservatives and Likes. So Tom Friedy, Radio Zeitgeist, at Radio underscore Tom on Twitter, the Radio Zeitgeist on Facebook. And again, signing off for now, Tom Friedy says, you're listening to the nascent, still for now, future behemoth, hashtag Radio Zeitgeist, global broadcasting network.